This podcast is hosted on mtgcast.com with generous sponsorship from quietspeculation.com, Magic's premier financial news site. The staff at Quiet Speculation believes that every Magic player deserves the information that lets them play Magic for less money. To learn more about the fundamentals of getting good trades and instantly engage with a friendly and mature community, go to quietspeculation.com. Port of Notions is brought to you by FaceFace Games, Canada's number one source for Magic singles and products. Check us out at facefacegames.com. And the loser has to buy the winner a playset of foil alms beast. With me tonight is, well, it's Travis. So you finally got me alone. Oh, baby. Turn off the lights and close the door. You know, when the police find this tape, they're going to know what you did, Chris. <laughs> It'll be too late by then. <laughs> At least for me. Wow. Yeah. Will, hopefully, will be joining us later. Uh, he had some business to take care of. I think it involved a man named Bud. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he goes by the name Paco. I, uh, <laughs> like, whatever, man. Like, you do what you got to do, Will. Just leave us out of it. So, this is our standard everyday, or every set, uh, event deck review. We're going to review. Thank you. We're going to look at the event deck for Dragon's Maze. Unfortunately, just the one. Although they did kind of sort of jam-pack this full of event decky goodness. They sure did. And uh, we're also going to start doing the challenge laid down by Gavin Verhey in his Mothership column. We're going to go back to doing those again. So uh, this week's challenge is to build a standard deck. There are no restrictions on it. So we'll have some fun doing that as well. Hopefully, Will will be back with us by the time we get to that. In some capacity. Uh, have you been playing any Magic, Travis, uh, recently? Uh, Anything you want to tell us about? Dirtling around in standard. No, that's um, that's a cartoon, actually. I've been dirtling a straight in standard. Okay. You straight? What have you been doing? I've been playing... I've still been playing the Obzodot's Aid deck just because it's a lot of fun. Um... I had been playing a lot of tokens, and then mm-hmm. the uh, spoiler came out that Ratchet Bomb was supposedly an M14 and made me want to just throw the deck out the window. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. Forget Wizards. Forget them very hard. Forget them all night long? With a 2x4. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> 
I, I don't I, think there's going to be that bad. Oh, yes. It's a two-mana wrath for every deck possible. But, I mean, you know, we are losing Curse of Death's Hold and other stuff, which is bad for tokens, so I guess they had to do something. Anyway. What, uh... So this Obsidian's Aid deck, I mean, that's the one that uh, reanimates Obsidian... Um, Omniscience. Omniscience, yep. thank you. Math is hard, English is harder. And it's still fun to play? It is a blast to play. Does it have it blast, blast of genius? Of genius? Yes, it uh, I have killed quite a few people just by discarding uh, Enter the Infinite to Blast of Genius. Is the only reason you have Enter the Infinite in the deck to discard to Blast of Genius? No, it's just there to win instantly if you have Omniscience. Draw your deck, play Borugmos, and just kill them. Or just play two Blast of Genius. Or that. Yeah, either of those is a valid <laughs> route to victory. I mean, the deck does sound like an absolute blast for sure. Uh, it is very fun. It does have problems with aggro decks, of course. Yeah. Um, but it's it's pretty consistent. I mean, it goes off turn five most of the games I play. You just got to make sure you're alive till turn five. It's one of the things I need to avoid playing, decks that have a problem with aggro. Yeah. Because that's what I always end up playing, and I always end up playing against aggro. And then I get very angry. No, I always end up playing against the um, the most annoying deck in the format, whatever it is. Like, if I'm playing Modern, I always get paired against Tron. Oh, Tron's just so frustrating to play against. Yeah, especially when your opponent... Well, I mean, I've already had, we're, recanted my complaints about Tron. No point in saying them again, but forget that deck, too. I'm doing a lot of forgetting that. <laughs> Yeah, your memory is just not what it used to be. Really? For sure. Uh, I'm still playing my Seance Deadbridge chant deck because, man, I can't stop. I don't want to stop. I saw that one, uh, or a version of something like that, played online, and it looked pretty good. It's strong, but that isn't even important to me. At the moment, I mean, anyone who reads my columns knows that my aim is enjoy yourself first, win later. I, it just does so many ridiculously powerful things. And yes, it, it relies on two enchantments to get going and nobody disrupting your graveyard, but it can win without them like a Junk Rights deck can. It does have the ability of just getting the stupid draw of a couple of mana dorks into a Crater Hoof Behemoth and smashing face. And it has it has a lot of stick to itiveness, as I like to call it. You know, the deck it, it's resilient because of all of the recursion the deck has, and the the way that even other reanimator decks don't have the the recursion that this one does. Yeah, that's a seance. I'd never really realized that seance says during each upkeep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. So yes, it's a it, it has become a pain. You would not you would not believe how many people I've got with that. It's like in your upkeep, bring back acidic slime, take out your land that produces white that you're about to use to blow up my team. Wait, that says every upkeep. Yep. Immediately, I go back and read the card and be like, "Yeah, that's awful." <laughs> And then people still say, man, that card is so bad. And you're like, yeah, that'll be why it just wrecked you. It's it's very good in a sense, but at the same time, it 
if you can weather the early storm or you have any way of disrupting their graveyard, it it's beatable. Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. It's beatable. Uh, I can't beat, like, I mean, Junkrites has a hard time with Band Hexproof. So does this deck. But it has, an, it has less of a hard time with it because it can do more. Like Deadbridge Chant doesn't really help you. In fact, I side that out for the matchup uh, to bring in Centaur Healers and uh, Lilianas. But it's not unbeatable like it is with rights. Like rights can just never win. What are, what are your, your finishers in there? I'm trying to find your list again. I can't seem to get Mana Deprived brought up on my computer for some... Uh, it's not on Mana Deprived right now. It's going to be next week. Okay, that might be why I'm having fun reminding it. But the finishers, well, you got Armada Worm, uh, which with Trustani is pretty ridiculous. Uh, three Angel of Serenity, a Crater Hoof Behemoth, and, like, Frag Tusks can just get the job done, too. Are you running, like, a Scion of Fitugazi? Seems like that's no. really good with the Populate. It is, but you have to cast it. Once the, gut, the deck gets its engine going, all it casts is uh, Mulches and, and uh, Grizzly Salvages. It really never needs to cast anything else again once it gets uh, Debris Chant and Seance in play. Hmm. I did put uh, Drown and Filth in there. I was considering a Rot Farm Skeleton too, but I don't think it needs it. Just, just to mill some more. The key with the deck is not to put as much in your graveyard as possible. It's to make it so that your dead bridge chant is as non-random as possible. Then why do you side them out? Uh, you side them out only against Bant Hexproof because they're too slow. Uh, you cannot get anywhere near Bant Hexproof if you're relying on a six-casting cast enchantment. I keep the angels in uh, because sometimes you can cast them on turn three or reanimate them on turn three. But you can't do that with Deadbridge Chant. I also take out Crater Hoof in that matchup. I've been looking for other ways. I think Ray of Revelation might be a thing. Uh, I do have some removal in the deck, so it's possible, I can't believe I'm about to say this, that I might bring in Glaring Spotlight. I'm sorry, wait, did that, was that out loud? Was, was that vomit out loud? Sorry. That, that was actually out loud. I know it's really bad, but if there's any matchup it's ever good in, that's the one. Okay. I'm not convinced. Well, neither am I. <laughs> the only way to find out is to try it, right? That's true. And it's still not good if you don't have removal, but a lot of the time those decks uh, will expect you to side out most of your spot removal... And so they will go lighter on some creatures. I know the guy locally takes out uh, some creatures to bring in ground seals. And then you can just absolutely nail them because you have the, the spotlight and then your removal has less work to do. Right. Hmm. Now, don't get me wrong, it's still not good. <laughs> it's still not but it, ideal. But it, it's better than just being flat out dead. Right. Like, turn two Geist is pretty much unbeatable otherwise. So you have to have an answer for that. Or at least a potential answer. But I'm also, like, I'm not playing it uh, this Friday. I've got a couple of things I want to try out. 
I'm not sure what yet, but it's more than likely going to be the deck that we brew up for Gavin's challenge, whatever that ends up being. I know Will had a preference. And uh, if he gets back in time... We should talk lots of smack about him until he gets here. That might encourage him to show up. Eh, what a waste of time. That's true. Yeah, it's like throwing... Was it, how's it go? Stealing candy from a baby, that's the one. <laughs> it's like throwing babies at candy, is that what you're going to say? I was going to say throwing something at something. I don't know. Hitting the broadside of a barn with a slingshot? Is that is that a thing? I don't know. It's like hitting the sidewalk with a bucket of paint. <laughs> you, you and your Alabaman things. I, I don't know that this is a thing. So let's move on now to the event deck. Uh, Dragon's Maze is the first set to have only the one event deck. And it's got a lot of res in it. It's got a lot of good uncommons, too. The deck is definitely good value. Uh, it, re- recommended retail, I believe, is twenty four ninety nine. It's definitely worth that. So the Strength of Selesnia deck on face-to-face games is going for nineteen ninety nine. What? Uh, that's, that's ridiculous value. Like, dude, that's, what is this? I don't even. Like, that's crazy. Crazy, I tell you. Crazy. You're a crazy person. This week's episode of Racism is brought to you by... It's <laughs> <laughs> not racism. May I remind you that the views expressed by our host is not, does not necessarily reflect the, review, the views of the rest of the cast. You know, that would have been a really great statement if you could get it out without tripping over your own. Yeah, account. I know. <laughs> uh, in other news, Travis sucks. <laughs> So let's read this deck list. Alrighty. You want me to go or do you want to go? I'll do it. I like reading. Wait, Four you, Evolving Wilds. You what, do the what? lands, I'll do the creatures, you do the spells, and I'll do the sideboard. Uh, or I could just read the whole thing. You know, that's that's a thing that could happen too. Hey, well, the rumor is you do like to hear yourself talk. I I have heard that rumor. I cannot possibly comment on its truth, the truthy truth. Truthfulness, Chris. Truthfulness. I cannot brain today. I have the dumb. Four Evolving Wilds. Six Forest. One Godless Shrine. One Grove of the Guardian. Seven Plains. Four Selesnia Guild Gate. One Swamp. One Champion of Lamb Holt. Two Doomed Traveler. One Geist Honored Monk. One Odric Master Tactician, also known as Count Dooku. Two Vitugazi Guild Mage. One Wayfaring Temple, one Advent of the Worm, four Call of the Conclave, one Growing Ranks, one Increasing Devotion, four Intangible Virtue, three Lingering Souls, one Parallel Lives, two Rancor, three Rootborn Defenses, four Selesnia Charm, and four Wake the Reflections. In the sideboard, we have four Centaur Healer, three Druid's Deliverance, four Pacifism, one Rogue's Passage, and three Sundering Growth. Are you done? (laughs) That's not what she said. The dulcet tones of Sir Christopher Lansdowne, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, indeed. So, let's, let's start by breaking down the value here, Travis. Um... Freaking so awesome would be yeah. one way to, to state the value of this deck. So, so you've got a Shockland, which is about 8 to 10. Right? Yep. 
You've got Geist of the Rare Land. That's not horrible. I mean, it's probably and only fifty cents, but I've played it in standard, and you know, people have a hard time dealing with eight-eight vigilance creatures. Yep. Imagine that. Uh, Advent of the Worm is about six bucks right now, and uh, poised to go up post rotation. It's one of the better cards in Dragon's Maze, especially after the Pro Tour when Craig Wesco used it to uh, defeat numerous people. To smash face. Indeed. Uh, pro tip, don't play it in response to a Day of Judgment or a, a uh, Supreme Verdict. Wait until it's resolved. Unless you're going to immediately follow it up with Reborn Defenses. That would be amusing. However, if you get to seven mana in that deck, you're probably doing it wrong. <coughs> Not necessarily. But it would be uh, an odd corner case. Yes. So, we've also got a growing ranks, not that great. Increasing devotion always seemed like it should be better than it is. Parallel lives, I can hear Adina screaming from here. Champion of Lamholt in this deck seems really interesting. Yep. Especially after an increasing devotion, or increasing devotion after a champion. Your creatures are going to be very hard to block. Uh, doomed Traveler, Spot we all know about. to win, unless, win with one attack. Yeah, you should be able to. Uh, Guy Stunted Monk is one of my favorite cards from Innistrad that nobody plays. Big fan of that card. I can't believe the amount of just awesome uncommons they packed into this thing. Yeah. I mean, four I mean, the Conclave, four Intangible Virtue, three Lingering Cells, two Rank, or four Celestia Charm. I mean, that's just crazy. And the Vitu Gazi Guild Mage is an uncommon as well, right? That's right. And then look, they yeah. got, I mean, the better commons too. I mean, Rootborn Defenses. Selesnia Charm is uncommon. I mean, um, Centaur Healer. Doom Traveler. I mean, they really pushed this deck, and that might be why they decided they needed to reprint um, the worst card ever for tokens. Yeah, well, is it worse than Engineered Explosives? It's up there. I mean, both well, just explosives. two mana just to destroy the world. Uh, Engineered Explosives cost nothing to destroy the world, doesn't it? Two to activate. Oh, okay. That one costs two to play and zero to activate. Yeah. This is true. So, yeah, this uh, this is amusing. I gotta say, and Count Dooku just looks all imperious and stuff there. Can't, can't complain with his addition to the deck. I played with him for the first time this weekend. I have a red-white um, commander's deck, and I drew him a couple games in a row, and yeah, he wins pretty much. If you get to attack with him and three other dudes, I don't see how you lose. Well, it depends on the three other dudes and what the game state is. But yes, he's, he basically says your creatures are unblockable. Or he says your creatures block in the most um, mentally challenged way possible. <laughs> well, there is that too, yeah. He basically straps your opponent's whole team to the short bus and rides it over a cliff. Yes, and we were talking about racism, now we're talking about ableism. This is great, we're offending all of the people. Yeah, I apologize <laughs> if that did offend anyone, I'm sorry. Aw, oh, bless him. If it helps, I rode the short bus home from school every day. Uh, that will surprise absolutely nobody. Well, that was mainly because I lived in a holler, and the roads were too small for a big school bus to get through. Oh, well, okay then. <laughs> There, I've shared my revealing fact for the day. <laughs> so, okay, we've broken this down for value. Short answer, it's ridiculous. 
Yes. Let's let's make it better, Travis. Uh, Gavney Township. Death. Yes. Yeah, Gavney Township. Uh, instead of Selesnia Gilgate, we want uh, what's the name Temple. of it? Sun Petal Grove. Temple Gardens. Uh, Temple Gardens. Yep. Probably more godless shrines. Probably some. Do we want Woodland Cemetery or Isolated Chapel? I mean, we're only doing it for the flashback on Lingering Souls right now. Uh, it looks like there's probably going to be a greater need for white than green. I can agree with that. We've got no turn one green plays. Which might change, actually, because we probably want Avacyn's Pilgrim in this deck. Yeah. Uh, so land-wise, yeah, you want to add in your duels, obviously, your shock duels. Uh, they're actually not expensive right now, thanks to Dragon's Maze and the fact that infinite packs of both of the other sets have been opened. So you should be able to, to get the lands you need. Unless, like me, you have this compulsion to have a foil set of all of them. When did Foil Temple Garden hit 40 bucks? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Not the Ravnica one, either. <laughs> the return to Ravnica one. Well, let me know when Foil Overgrown Tomb hits 40 bucks. I've got one of those. I have three now. I need a fourth, so hopefully no time soon. Well, we can probably work out a trade, Christopher. I doubt it. Uh, Champion of Lamholt. I like the card. I've played the card. <coughs> I've, I've been impressed with the card. I have never played it, so I really can't say. It definitely seems like... Um, it definitely has an ability that's powerful, but it's kind of niche. You're gonna ha not going to want to play it against every deck. It seems like it would be better suited for the sideboard. Yeah, with the amount of aggro decks in the format right now, you really can't afford to play a three-mana 1-1. One, one. Even if it doesn't last as a 1-1 one, one for very long, right. I would, uh, I'd be tempted to agree with that, yes. Now, you run into if, a, uh, like a tokens mirror, it could be really good. Yeah, that it's it warps the the game. Then it, it like the game becomes all about your champion surviving. I would say it wouldn't even be that bad against something like uh, uh, junk rights. Yeah, because I mean, well, Thrag Tusk is going to be able to block it for a considerable amount of time. But it means that they're going to have trouble. Like uh, if they play their lingering cell tokens, you can get yours through. This is true. But bear in mind, Champion of Lamholt doesn't need to attack for that ability to kick in. Which is what makes it playable. Yes. Unlike the, uh, what is it, the one they put in return? Wild Beastmaster. Yeah, Wild Beastmaster. Uh, Doom Traveler's fine. Geist-Stunned Monk I don't mind as a one-of, maybe even a two-of. I still think in this you would rather have a Scion. Over Geist-Stunned Monk? Yeah. Um, yeah, I would actually, yeah, I totally agree. Although Scion will always be a 4-4 and Geist-Honored Monk will often be much bigger, uh, Scion also has the ability to make you Centaurs or Worms, which Geist-Honored Monk can never do. Yep. So, maybe one of each? I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate you for playing one of each, bearing in mind that Geist-Honored Monk rotates in October and Scion doesn't. Uh, Odric... He's cute, and he does win you the game when he swings. I think we can do better at four mana. I think so, too. Uh, like another advent of the worm. 
Yeah. Or, um, well, I don't think Resto is that good, even if we do add Scion, because it doesn't trigger. In fact, it gets worse if we add Scion. Uh, if you are, um, you know, an oil tycoon, or you made a lot of money in the internet bubble in the 90s, you may want to consider voice of resurgence. <laughs> I would not advise it if you do not have a very large bankroll. Or you didn't get very lucky on eBay. Exactly. Just for sake of argument, Voice of Resurgence right now on face-to-face games is out of... Oh, no, they have them at 40. Uh, I've managed to get one. (laughs) I got three for 90, so... I'm quite happy with that. The foils are 65, by the way. Oh. And it's proven that it it has the potential to be a player in multiple formats, so it's... it will keep a very high tag, I think. I can see this being a player in Legacy, actually. Yes. It's already shown that it's good in Modern. It was in the PT, or the GP winning deck list. Yeah. And I really want to play this in that Immortal Servitude deck that I had built a while ago. Yep. Seems fine. Maybe it can replace something terrible like Butcher Gore. Can I give up my financial tip of the month? Sure. Buy lots of Dragon's Maze, kids. Buy lots of it. <laughs> Here in a couple weeks, Modern Masters is going to be released. And no one's going to want to draft Dragon's Maze because Modern Masters is going to be freaking awesome. And if you get the chance to draft it, you definitely should. Okay. A few weeks after that, M14 is going to be released. And everyone's going to dra- want to draft M14 because it's the new hotness. And poor Dragon's Maze is going to sit in the corner like the wallflower. Okay. I almost agree with you. The problem is we don't know if Modern Masters is going to be awesome to draft. And also, the fact that it's so limited is going to mean stores aren't going to be able to run many drafts, and those that they can run are going to cost infinite monies. I think people will pay infinite monies because this is the closest to a paper cube draft we're going to get. That's Except crazy. that people just have cubes. <laughs> but they don't get to keep the cube cards when they go home. True, but they also don't have to pay $30 for a draft. I think it's going to be worth it. I mean, they've already spoiled Tarmogoy from Bob. I'm not doubting it's going to be worth it. I'm doubting that people are going to be able to pay it. I I think so long as it is in stock, it will be drafted. I know our F&M drafts. If they do F&M drafts, they will not be doing Modern Masters for F&M drafts because most people won't want to pay that much for an F&M. Well, the the third point I'm going to make before I was so uh, unceremoniously interrupted, this is the uh, third set of the block. Mm -hmm. So you're only going to be opening one pack at a time when it's drafted, whereas you open multiple packs of Ravnica and Gatecrash. Mm-hmm. So it's already going to be in short supply. Even if Modern Masters just takes a couple of weeks out of its drafting rotation, that's going to have a major impact. And then M14 coming right after that. This set is set up to be in short supply all next year. And even with uh, Avis and some of the cards jumped to high prices because they weren't readily available, this is going to mimic that, but in a greater extreme, I think. Well, this is a small set, so the more you buy, the more rares you're going to, the more of each rare you're going to get. Whereas with Avacyn, it was a large set, and it was drafted on its own. I don't uh, think how you're would wrong. Would you stock up on the, the play sets of cards you think you're going to want next year? That's my oh, that's tip good. of the month. That's always good advice, whether or not the set's easy to get. Anyway, moving on. 
Yes, Voice of Resurgence would be insane in this deck, but not everybody has that stupid amount of money. Uh, Vitugazi Guildmage has started to see a little bit of play in Standard. What do you think? If you can't afford Voices, he's not a good substitute, but he's a playable substitute. He is. Uh, he can actually be better than Voice in some cases. But not many. Yeah. Voice is more of a meta all-star. Um, the only time voice is actively bad is when they go untap pillar. Right. Uh, and then, or in modern, they path it. I'm trying to load my tokens deck to see what I put in it. I'm going to cheat for card suggestions. So let's see, what else do we have here in this deck that needs to come out? Uh, Garuk Relentless, maybe. Well, they're cheap right now, but I don't think... I mean, Garuk makes 2-2 Wolves. We can do better for 4 mana. But he makes forever many 2-2 Wolves. And you notice we haven't really listed any kind of removal. He does take... Well, we haven't got to the spells yet. <laughs> There's no removal in the deck. No, there isn't. Uh... Well, there's pacifism in the board. One Wayfaring Temple. If you read this card, it sounds like it should be awesome. It would be awesome if they'd also given it Trample. Yeah, I mean, you can give it Trample in this deck in fairness with Rancor. Um, I would really like to play this in Seance, because just you know, stamping all over people and making copies of whatever I reanimated in my upkeep sounds amazing. It just, I don't know, there's just something that tells me it's its not good. It is, I would agree with that. I would say it is not good. I wouldn't hate a Fiend Hunter here, or an O-Ring, or something else that's just removal. Um, you know, what else could we put here? Another Advent of the Worm, because we probably yeah, want four I mean, of those. Yeah, you definitely want four Advent, if all possible. Um... <sighs> I've been running Druid's Deliverance main simply because there are that many aggro decks out there, and it will completely blow them out. Um, Armada Worm? Yeah. Uh, Trustani, she's actually not that expensive right now, and she basically beats aggro decks by herself. Yeah, I would. that's another card I would try to get a place out of right now. Yeah, Tristani is amazing. I'm playing her in Seance because <laughs> why wouldn't you populate acidic slimes every turn? And yeah, she's she's obscene. Even missing the triggers as often as I do, yes, judges miss triggers too. Uh she still wins games on her own. Uh Advent of the Worm, we've already said we want four of. Call of the Conclave, that's absolutely fine. Growing ranks again, and and this is um, this is something that our good friend and former guest of the show Marshall harps on is the value of a card. Growing ranks when it works is excellent. Yes, when it works. However, there will be times that you will draw it and it will do literal nothing. Right. Also, with the way this event deck is set up, there are so many non-creature spells already in the deck. You're going to have to prioritize. I mean, you're already running Parallel Lives and Rancor, um, Wake the Reflections, uh, Intangible Virtue. You're going to get some board states where you just don't have any creatures to populate. 
Yeah. It, with the, and if you increase that with more things like growing ranks, more parallel lives, you're just going to run into some very awkward draws where your deck looks like a pile. And populating every turn is great, but there are ways you can do it that aren't dead on an empty board, like Trostani. In fact, if I had to choose between running this and running Wayfaring Temple, I'd run the Temple. Because worst case scenario, the Temple is a 1-1. That's true. Worst case scenario, Growing Ranks powers your <laughs> sphere of safety that we're not playing. I mean, if the, if you have a token on the board, it's great. But you cannot guarantee that you're going to do that, especially with all the other enchantments you're playing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Increasing Devotion. It's a great combo with... Uh, Geist of Geist Hundred Monk with uh, Champion. Of, hmm? It's great with just Intangible Virtue. Yeah, Geist Hundred Monk, Wayfaring Temple, Champion of Lamb Hall. I mean, you don't want to populate the tokens, but you can, I guess. Uh, flashing it back probably means you win the game. I don't mind keeping one of those in there. I mean, you know, with Intangible Virtue on the board, that's ten power for five mana, right? I was running one in mine, but I ended up taking it out for Sion of E2 Gazi. Well, we've already put one Scion in. We could probably squeeze in two, because there's more cards that we need to take out. Right. Okay. In terms of a virtue, there have been times I've taken this out of token decks. Then you were wrong. I disagree. Sometimes you just don't need it. Sometimes your tokens are big enough and powerful enough that the ability to have non-dead cards... Because like like this, this, with growing ranks, this also has the ability to be a dead top deck late game. There have been numerous times where I've needed to draw any creature in my deck <coughs> or any creature-producing spell, and I've hit an intangible virtue. Well, in that case, I mean, it could have been a land. It could have been uh, an action sure, but- needed a flyer. It's just that it increases the value of every single other spell in your deck. Oh, I agree. This doesn't make... This isn't a bad card. All I'm saying is... It's dead more often than a land. It's dead more often than Advent of the Worm. Well, yeah, but you're already playing for Advent of the Worm. And this makes sure Advent of the Worm six sixes with Vigilance. Okay. The Vigilance has been very good, surprisingly. As Glenn Jones said about the second ability of Bar- Blood Baron of Viscopa, if you are winning the game, instead win more. You know, trust, like I'm not saying Intangible Virtue is bad. All I'm saying is that sometimes it's right to cut it. I don't know if it is in this deck. I haven't quite figured that out yet. But don't be, feel that because you're playing tokens you have to play Intangible Virtue. Otherwise, why not also say, well, you have to play Phantom General? Because Phantom General dies so easily. Intangible Virtue says, I probably win this race. Uh, no. <laughs> Vault of the Archangel says that, which, by the way, we could probably run one of in here for increasing the black mana sources. I don't know. I really like Intangible Virtue now. That I know you do. I mean, there's a reason they banned it in block. It's really good. Yeah, but that's in block. This is in standard. I can see cutting to two. I played just two. Which means it's good enough to just make the deck and not be banned. Maybe. Lingering Souls, well, I mean, (laughs) nothing more needs to be said about that. Parallel Lives, I'm sorry, Adina. It's like growing ranks. It's either insane or terrible. I agree, but I love it. Well, I love it too. I also love Doubling Season. I also love Daughter Nothingness. That doesn't make them great cards. And if we're looking to make cuts, and we are... It, it's, 
I look at parallel lives like a better growing ranks because it's similar to having an enter the battlefield ability. You get the the bonus the second it's played. No, you don't know. The second any card is played after it. Right. Say that. So they both have the same problem in that they do nothing the turn they come into play in all likelihood. Parallel Lives is slightly better because you might be able to make a token with something that you have in play. Like if you attack with a Wayfaring Temple and it populates, you'll get two tokens. But it still takes a turn and to do nothing. It's four mana, do nothing. You could pay four mana and get a Garrick Relentless and instantly impact the board. The thing about Parallel Lives, as you were saying about the power of a card, is it makes, once it's in play, it makes pretty much every spell you're going to cast after that, it, it copies it. It's like having a fork on a stick. I agree, but you have to untap with it. And it also encourages bad play. What do you mean? If, you're, if your opening hand has three lands, Call of the Conclave, Lingering Souls, Parallel Lives, and, I don't know, uh, Avacyn's Pilgrim. The temptation is to do none of the token making until Parallel Lives is in play, because, oh my god, value. Which is almost always wrong. Depending depending on your matchup. Sure. But there's also no worse feeling than going, like, turn one Avacyn's Pilgrim, turn two land... Turn three parallel lives, so you've invested four mana. You have ramped, so you have the jump on your opponent, and then they untap and destroy it. So you have basically got rid of the advantage that you have had over your opponent by investing your entire turn in something that did not impact the board in any way and gets removed immediately. I mean, there's just so many cards you can say that about, though. Yeah, and none of them get played. Well, what happens if you play Sire of, Ani- Sire of Insanity and they kill it immediately? It did not impact the board. It it did impact the board because they had to deal with it straight away. Well, if they don't, if they don't kill Parallel Lives right away, they're probably going to have, face an army. Look, I'm not saying it's, it's locked in the deck you can't take it out. I'm just saying there's a reason it's in there. It's very good. Yeah, there's a reason Wait the Reflections is in here, too, but nobody is telling you that that should stay in the deck. I don't know what the reason Wait the Reflections is in the deck, honestly. It says Populate on it. That's not a reason. It is a reason. You're playing a token deck. It's just a bad reason. (coughs) But I I think Parallel Lives, if we're looking for spaces, especially at 4 mana, it's an easy cut. It's only good when you're already making tokens. If, like you said, there's, there comes a point where you're not making enough tokens and all of these cards that work well with tokens become bad. Right now, you've got Growing Ranks, you've got Intangible Virtue, you've got Parallel Lives, Wake the Reflections, Wayfaring Temple even, you could say, are all bad if you're not already making tokens. I would cut Rancor before we cut Parallel Lives. Wow. Yep. You're crazy. Nope. You are. You're absolutely crazy. Why would you cut Rancor? Because Parallel Lives is better synergy with the deck. But synergy is not everything. You know what else has good synergy with this deck? Growing Ranks. 
we're cutting that. I think Parallel Lives is better. Parallel Lives is better than collection. We're, we're both on that page, right? Yes, absolutely. And Selesnya Charm is staying. Yes, definitely. You know, with Selesnya Charm giving Trample and the fact that we cut Wayfaring Temple, I could see cutting Rancor, but certainly not to keep Parallel Lives. I, I think that's where we're getting our Avacyn's Pilgrim from the Rancors and the Wake the Reflections. Um, I would, yeah. I mean, if you're going straight in the line, I would cut Champion, both Zoom Travelers, and say Odric for the um, Pilgrims. I don't want to cut Champion. I, I really don't. Well, I think it's fine. Well, move it to the side. And I think Doom Traveler's fine, too. Uh, Doom Traveler's fine, depending on your meta. Especially against Bant Hexproof. It blocks the first swing with a Geist, and then blocks the second swing when they Spectral Flight it. So, I, I think I, I really like Doom Traveler, and it does trigger Champion twice. It gives you something to populate. It's an early drop. I'm fine with it. So you would keep Champion in the main before Parallel Lives? Yes, I would. You're a champion, Chris. Champion is always doing something. At the very worst, it beats down for one. Parallel Lives, at the very worst, sits there and does nothing. It's the same as Growing Ranks. It's better than Growing Ranks. If we could only keep one, absolutely I want to keep Parallel Lives. Which would you rather untap with and play? Parallel Lives or Growing Ranks? Or Champion? Champion. Really? Yeah. I'd rather have a champion than a parallel life. So one thing it's cheaper. For another thing it can attack. And it makes every single creature in your deck better. Not just the ones that you play after it. Not just the ones that are tokens. It makes every single creature in your deck better. It's going to win you the game. I disagree. You I disagree that Champion of Lambhold's going to win you the game? I don't think it's going to live long enough to. Okay, but then you could say the same about parallel lives. It is much harder to kill an enchantment than it is to kill a Ab- creature. Absolutely it is. I completely agree with that. I just don't think... There's a reason Parallel Lives has never won a major tournament or never been in, the, in a major top eight deck or anything. It's just not good enough. It just doesn't do enough. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a fun card, and if you want to take it to FNM, nobody is going to think any less of you. It's, it's certainly of a reasonable power level to play at an FNM-type tournament. It was one of the TCG Player 5Ks. That doesn't count. That's not a real time. Why not? Because <laughs> nobody played at them. The only TCG event that anyone played at was the big one. I will find it. Dude, somebody wanted SCG with friggin' Ravenous Rats in their deck, or a TCG player. With Ravenous Rats in their hey, deck. Ravenous Rats has long been a, stand, a standout card. So was Nantuko Shade. Remember how much play that saw <coughs> when it got reprinted? That's what I thought. Moving on. <laughs> Ruborn Defenses, well, we know how powerful that is. Yes. Is it pow- Are there enough decks playing sweepers that we need at main deck? Yes. Over, over Druid's Deliverance? I, I, I think we can I, only play one of those. I did two, a 2-1 two, split in my tokens build. I went with two Druid's Deliverance because I mainly play online, and 90% of the online meta is red decks. If I were playing um, in my actual card, real-life meta, I would probably play two Reborn and one Druid's Deliverance. It dodges uh, Supreme Verdict and Bonfire, both of which are problematic for token decks. 
It does nothing to terminus. us. Nope. There's nothing to mutilate. Nope. Although I have so, to see mutilate played in quite a while. No, but I, I think it's only a matter of time. It better be because it's probably going to rotate soon. I don't think it's going to be in M14. You're probably right. I tell you what will be. Uh, hopefully, Liliana of the Dark Realm. Yeah, I'm almost 100 percent sure it will be. They part the um has Dark Realms in the uh, title. Did they? Yeah. Okay, I haven't been paying attention. It was on the uh, it was it's on Salvation, but um. Doesn't count. It was from the screenshots of Duel of the Planeswalker. Okay, well, maybe. So, it, I mean, it's it's not like someone found the card. They have an actual picture of it, so I, I, I give it good credence. Okay, okay. All right, let's keep going. We have uh, Selesnya Charm, we said it's fine. Wake the Reflections obviously is coming out. We said we want to put more uh, ramp in here, so Avacyn's Pilgrim is definitely going in, and yeah. it's, it's possible we might even want uh, a couple of Arbor Elves, though I could definitely see not playing Arbor Elves. I wouldn't mind either way. I think um, Pilgrim is the way to go. Yeah, especially since we're running the uh, Gavany Township as well. Yes. Gavin Township's awesome. And since we're also running a... or considering running Vault of the Archangel, since you need the White Man to activate it as well. Yeah. Those two lands work very well together. If you hold up the mana to activate either, then it becomes very difficult for your opponent to figure out what they need to do. Yeah. Giving your opponent... (laughs) Or making your opponent make choices usually results in a win for you. Because a lot of times yeah. they end up choosing the wrong one. Not all the time, but a lot of times. <laughs> and uh, I like it when my opponents make mistakes. Actually, I can't remember who it was that said this, but somebody said to me once that the more chances you give your opponent to make a mistake, you um, the, the better it is for you. Like, a card that gives your opponent a chance to get it wrong is great. If you see what I'm saying. I do. But then there's always browbeat. People, the, they're, there's a fine line between giving your opponent the chance to make a mistake and letting your, your opponent choose the way you get to play. Yes, indeed. I would agree with that. All right. So the, cha- the changes that we've made here certainly make the deck more powerful. But would you say it's uh, it's still worth doing like this? I think so. Yeah, I, I definitely thought that was going to be the way to go post rotation until um, the recent spoiling of Ratchet Bomb. Now, dogs and cats are living together. It's mass hysteria. <laughs> Ratchet Bomb is fun. It's not fun if you like to play tokens. And I do. But. They still have to find it and cast it. I mean, true. It doesn't invalidate the deck type. It just makes it a whole lot harder. It may have knocked it from Tier 1 to Tier 1.5. See, now, I don't get... I don't deal with tiers. If you want to play a deck, play the deck. I don't really care if it's good or not. Especially at the FNM level. Obviously, we've read your deck series, Chris. Yeah, ha, ha, ha. But at FNM, if you want to play something, play it. I agree. Yeah, I almost, like it's. 
I would say maybe one out of ten times that I actually go to FNM, I have a tune detect that I want to play. I'm usually building it as I'm getting there because I just thought it up the day before. That's that what FNM is, is for. That is often wrong. Uh, I've discovered that just because you're playing a deck that is fun doesn't mean you can't play it beforehand and figure out how it works because you'll miss interactions no matter how good you oh, are. Oh, yeah. But if you don't have the cards and the only way you're going to get them is going to FNM to trade for them or buy them, you do what you have to do. Pro- proxies are a thing, my friend. Remember what Travis Wu told us? To uh, take off your shirt and live a surfer lifestyle? And drink lots of water. No, he told us to play with proxies and, while we're testing. Like, Why would you go out and spend $150 on a deck and then not like it? Once you figure out that you like the card, then sure, go and buy them from face-to-face it's games. It's because Magic is a collectible game. Because, And then even if I don't like it, I still have the cards. Yeah, sure, but sometimes the cards that you get are terrible. Yes. I will never forget, before we spoke to Travis, I went out and bought uh, four Brimmer of the White Dawn because I thought it was going to be awesome in my Trash for Treasure deck. Spoilers, it isn't. <laughs> but now you have four Brimmer of the White Dawn for the day that it is awesome. <sighs> that day may not come for a great many years. <laughs> what day would that ever be? Yeah. You can't even play it in normal EDH. So <laughs> it needs to be in five color. Yeah. Okay. I, so. I have no problem with proxies. I just usually don't take the time to make them and test with them. I mean, my, yeah. my primary testing tool is Magic Online, and for the majority of cards, it's not that hard to get and move. There's a lot of liquidity. This is true. And it's, it's also, there's tons of cards on Magic Online because of all the drafting that goes on. Yeah. Other than those three or four percent that are just insanely priced, Magic Online is fantastically affordable for building decks. I mean, I just got um, uh, built most of the token deck for under like five bucks. Yeah, but that's because your de- token deck is terrible and it doesn't have real cards in it. Avacyn's, <laughs> Call of the Conclave, Celestia Charm, Intangible Virtue, Lingering Soul. These are all not terrible cards. Yes, but they're also not rare. This, this is true. <laughs> right? Uh, the event decks, I believe, are available on Magic Online, aren't they? Yes. Yes. Right. So if you bought this for the retail price, and it wouldn't cost you a fortune. Like Shocklands on Magic Online are pretty cheap. Yep, three, four bucks. Voices are still going to set you back your mortgage payment, but you know you can still do well with the rest of the stuff. Yeah, you'll, you'll be playing in a cardboard box on the street, but back in the show, a voice of resurgence kicking butt. <laughs> anyway. Let's move on. Will apparently will not be joining us. So, Travis, you and I are going to tackle the challenge from Gavin's article by ourselves. Hooray! God help Yes. We, we, we need Will's hard-bitten, narcissistic, narcissistic pessimism to keep us in line. As is, we're just going to go dirtlegasm all over it. Can you actually have narcissistic pessimism? Like, is that a thing? It's Will. Okay. So, what uh, you may have missed this weekend at the Pro Tour, won by Craig Wesco with a green-white aggro deck. Congratulations to Craig Wesco. Man, imagine that, Craig Wesco playing white aggro. At, you, at this point, you've got to admit, he's probably one of the two or three best white winning players in existence. And man would say Paul Rietzel. Well, yeah. He did draft Rakdos twice. I mean, he's probably going to have to spend a month in fasting and praying to get rid of the, the, the stain of that. Ain't the demons, man. It. They go hand in hand. One of the best things that happened on camera this weekend was 
Maze's End winning a game of Magic at the Pro Tour. Oh. It happened more than once. And because I am a, a sadist, masochist, whichever one of those lights hurting themselves, I have set myself the achievement of winning with Maze's End at FNM in Standard. And, well, even in Modern, I think it could be done. Yeah, I thought about using so, Genesis Way with it in Modern. <laughs> Ooh, I wasn't, but I'm thinking about it now. Anyway. See, look what I do to you. Maze's End in Standard. How do we build this, Travis? So that the block deck didn't play Gatekeeper Vine. It just played four Maze's End and used that to get all the Maze's out and used things like Cerule Gatekeepers, Far and Away, Dreadbore, and uh, Devour Flesh to keep the board clear. They use Chromatic Lantern because it seems like Chromatic Lantern would be crucial for that deck. It did not. I guess it felt it didn't need them because... It was just like, it mulliganed any hand that didn't have a Maze's End, and Maze's End can get you whatever color you need. Yep, yeah, there were still some very fast decks at the Pro Tour. Uh, yeah, but Josh Lightens was blisteringly fast. The green-white uh, token decks were really fast. I don't see, I just, I don't know. It seems like they need some kind of consistency to make sure they can hit that turn four wrath they need, or the turn five, um, far and away, whatever. So let's see. This is the. It was the the Swedish team that had it. They were playing Cyclonic Rift, Devour Flesh, Dreadball, Far and Away, Merciless Eviction, Mizium Mortars, Mugging, Putrefy, Sphinx's Rev, Urban Evolution, War Leader's Helix. So basically, they had removal across every combination of colors. I guess that's why they felt they didn't need the uh, Chromatic Lanterns and Cerulee Gatekeepers. I mean, you're going to have the seven land. There are two gates, and it gains you seven life when it hits. And it's a decent-sized blocker. Exactly. They're running two of each gate to save yourself from randomly milling one and not being able to win. How many lands total were they yeah. running? 28 lands. But Mazes End of Spells, don't forget. So I don't know why you wouldn't run Gate Creeper Vine in this deck. Maybe they just thought the body wasn't enough to justify the two mana. Well, against some decks it is. Like, every removal, every burn spell it takes doesn't go to your face. Uh, every creature it blocks is another turn gained, essentially. And, and, you know, the only time it's not very good is when the creature has trample. So I think that's one thing that we could look at adding. What do we get in standard that we don't have in block that can help us find gates? That is a good question. I like Urban Evolution. That's that's probably a really good idea. Definitely. But I can't really think of anything in Standard that... That, make, that just jumps out and says, well, yeah, you'd play me. Uh, Thragtusk? Do we want that over Cerule Gatekeepers, or do we want it as well as Cerule Gatekeepers? Oh, Bonfire. Duh. Oh, yeah. Bonfire's a really good sweeper that doesn't require a huge colored mana <laughs> investment. And you get Fog? Yeah, but they had Druid's Deliverance that they weren't playing. And Riot Control as well is in this block, right? You have Clinging Mists too, which if you hit below 5 is just better. So the Fog route is one way you could go. Mizium Mortar seems really sketchy with the triple red to overload. I mean, yes, it can remove something on turn 2. Or 3, more than likely. 
Uh, you could run something like Blind Obedience to slow down your opponent quite a bit. Uh, it's probably best in the board, because it only slows them down if they have haste. Primal Surge. There you go, Chris. Ugh. By the time you hit 10 mana, you've won. I think, yeah, Gatekeeper Vine is about the only thing I can think of that's absolutely awesome. Bonfire would probably be good here. Is there anything that just searches out land cards right now? That's what I'm trying to think of. Diabolic Revelations might be playable. I mean, it's still not going to be better than Maze's End at it, though, because Maze's End put it right into play. Well, of course, but you can also use it to get Maze's End. That's true. Yeah, I'm thinking that basically the block deck is the standard deck. Fog, I, I don't mind at all, because it's only one mana. Uh, Pillar of Flame is probably an upgrade over Mugging. Definitely. Bonfire is maybe an upgrade over Mizzium Mortars. But that's iffy because mortars can just kill all, anything on turn two, pretty much. I mean, you are definitely going to be thinning out your deck as well, though. So your your uh, chance of hitting bonfire is going to go up as the game goes along. Yeah. It's going to have the yeah, greatest absolutely. impact anyway. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, Urban evolution is fine. We're not going to cut that. Wall leaders helix. Were they running Jace? I really. They were not running Jace. I wouldn't consider Jace. I mean, he seems like he would be... Uh, he slows down the aggro decks and he draws. I mean, he just seems like he would be good for the day. The double blue might be tough. You are in a five-color deck, and your only basics are three mountains and a swamp so that you can cast your removal on turn two if you need to. That's something else that Gate Group of Vine can help with because it can fetch a basic in a pinch. That is true. Especially when you're, you really have to hit that additional one. I don't, I don't know. I just, I could see how it could be a player in block to a degree, just because the card pool is so small. But it, I just don't think it can make the leap to um, standard. I, I, I think it can gain more than it does. I think you can also run uh, Nefelia Drownyard in it. Uh, I think that would be sketchy. I mean, you're already fighting so hard over land spots. Yeah, that's true. Fair enough. You, I was thinking you could run one just as a sort of another thing to do. Because basically this deck doesn't interact with the opponent very much with its win con. Its, it's win con is uncounterable. Nobody is playing ghost quarters. So... If you give this deck enough time, it is going to win, and you cannot stop it. It does have a certain inevitability. So, you could even just take out this removal shell, and just go with a flat-out Turbo Fog shell. Urban Evolution is fine, but you, you could go with things like, you know, Fog, Druid's Deliverance, Safe Passage, Riot Control, and just make sure that they never hurt you. Right. Yeah, like Snapcaster Mage. Seems like this deck would really like something like Explore. Yes. Or maybe even two of them. To Explore. Oh, you know what might be better than Cyclonic Rift in this deck? Devastation Tide. Yeah, since you're not playing any. Well, it doesn't affect you anyway. Like you're bouncing your Ceruli Gatekeepers. Oh no. I guess I'll gain another seven life. Well, it sounds good to me. So, 
I think if you just played a suite of sweepers and fogs, and then your creatures, Ceruli gatekeepers, and either Thragtusk or Centaur healers, depending on how fast your meta is. Thragtusk is obviously superior to Centaur healer, but you might not have the time to hit five mana. Devastation Tide, I think, is really good, because like we said with... Um, with Bonfire, you're going to be thinning your deck, so the Miracle makes it be- like really, really good. What about uh, Temporal Mastery now? Uh, I, mean, I don't think this deck really gains a lot by gaining an extra turn. <coughs> well, except for being able to get more gates out. I mean, what's the fastest this thing can really win? You're probably looking at like 7 or 8, turn 7 or 8. Yeah... I guess. Depends on how many mazes ends you get. I, I, I'd i have to test it to see that. But I, I think there's some potential here to go with the, the fog and sweeping shell. Uh, maybe you could keep in something like a far and away. You need something that can help you early so that if you don't hit your sweeper mana. Because Devastation Tide is double blue to hard cast. Bonfire is one red. What other sweepers? I mean, Merciless Eviction seems fine. Yeah. Uh, Terminus? Terminus is another miracle that is relatively easy to cast, yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think we might have something here, man. I think the deck really needs something like... Um, Expedition. Uh, uh, <laughs> Sylvan Scrying. If Scrying yeah. is reprinted in 14, then my interest will be really, really piqued for this deck. So I'm going to throw this together for FNM. I'm going to see how it runs, and if it does better than 50-50, I'm going to tweak the list and send it to Gavin. That sounds very good. After all, I have those five foil mazes end from the pre-release. Might as well do something with them, right? I have a play set of them, too. Hey, do you have any of the, uh, of the planes? Um, I have, like, ten. Ah, I would like that. That's a shame. <laughs> Wait, are you trying to get me to give up foils? Uh, Sorry, have, have we met before? I still find it so crazy that they just get... They, why do they do something other than a planes? I mean, why was it a planes? Well, an island would have shot up in value. They didn't want a repeat of the Hell Vault where people felt slighted. They just wanted something that was fun, that nobody would hate, but that nobody would go gaga over. You know, the the worst reaction I've heard to this is, oh, planes, who cares? This is true. Do you think we're going to get anything for being the maze winners? Or just like a cool achievement on our planeswalker points? I would imagine it stops at the achievement. No. <laughs> I mean, I think I won two, maybe three. I don't know. I'd have to check, but I know I won at least two. Oh, players reward program. Where are you? I miss it. Please come back. I'm, I I stopped. I started playing just as that stopped. No, I, I was on it for quite a while. Those Texas cards are fantastic. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm using my Texas Putrefies right now. I'd say. I, mean, I just ordered a Texas Damnation for my cube. I think those are better than foils. I mean, if you were to, if I were to have my choices to what the bonus cards were in packs, I would prefer the Texas to the foils. The thing is with Texas, they're very bad for new players. Right. So... I like full art, what they've been doing with the game day promos, full art that still have text on uh-huh. them. Those are great. 
It's a shame that none of the cards have actually been very good yet. Stranglerud Geist was good, I guess. Uh, Black Sun Zemus wasn't horrible. Oh, I forgot about Black Sun, yeah. And Magma Quake is underrated. Calastri uh, and Highborn was, um, was okay in... Was that a game day I one? I thought it was. That was I mean, that was with, before uh, my time. Um, Black Sun. That was before my time. No, Calastria Highborn was uh, Zendika. Black Sun was Merit and Besieged. Hmm. Diagraph Goal was pretty good too, I guess. So it turns out I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Latch Seeker was terrible. We can agree on <laughs> yes. that. Yes. And Guild Mage never has never seen any play. Fire Main Avenger probably will see play once Resto rotates. You think so? I do. Do you know how much those promos are going for right now, by the way? The promo Fire Main Avengers? Mm, dirt cheap. Give me, give me a number. Uh, two bucks. $1.99. Ten. Really? How much is the real and they've gone going down. for? The real one's six foil, $1.50 regular. They have gone down. They were 20 Oh, wow. Were they just that oh, yeah. short supply? Uh, it's an angel. It's an angel, yeah, never mind. It's a foil full-out angel, you know, casual players love them shiny things with wings. Yeah, I mean, it's no squirrel, but I suppose. Not everybody has your tastes, Travis. I mean, we can't all like the same things, or there wouldn't be enough dragons to go around. Exactly. Dragons are vastly superior to squirrels, by the way. Dragons, squirrels are better than all. Well, I can agree with that. So are squirrel beasts. If dragons are, or if squirrels are first in my heart, dragon are probably second. I have a tattoo of a dragon on one of my arms. Uh, I just need Richard Kane Ferguson to draw a dragon. My life would then be complete. That's now I will. Sure, yes, that's your bucket list. Okay. <laughs> it's on my bucket list. I'm sure now we will get emails and tweets from people showing me pictures that he's drawn of dragons. Yep. And you're going to feel extremely envious. And happy, and I will buy them, all of them. Uh, other things on my bucket list <coughs> include podcasting with Brian David Marshall, uh, doing a round in the booth of an SEG or a GP, uh, podcasting with, oh, I've done Mike Flores, uh, Cranny and Ruben from In Contention. That'd be sweet. So, uh, 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 who are on our short list of uh, anticipated slash hopeful guests that we have not had yet? Absolutely. All of those people, for that matter. BDM has come close a couple of times, but he's had stuff come up at last minute that he couldn't get on. But he's definitely somebody I really want to get on the show. If you guys have uh, suggestions for people you'd like us to talk to, I mean, I'm still in awe of our Zach Hill episode, which I, I don't I don't see how anything could beat that, unless maybe we had Brad and Mike Flores and Zach Hill on at the same time. That would be awesome. Uh, I think a Mark Rosewater episode could be awesome. I I think he's got so many good stories that he doesn't even think to tell. He needs someone to probe him. He needs to be probed. (laughs) I don't know about that. We need to put you on here and we need to give you a good probing. Yeah, that's probably not going to help. On that note, let's move on to a random moment of geekery. Travis, what is your random moment of geekery? Uh, You're going to have to give me a second. Brain not working. (sighs) God. I thought we would have Will, and Will could go first so that I could find mine. 
Uh, Foil Town and Burn is beautiful, by the way. Mm-hmm. Foil Drown and Filth is awesome, too. Don't have one, funnily enough. I have opened two. There's like nice. three things I played. Do you know how many fo- uh, how many Beckon calls I opened? Holy cow. I have not opened one. I traded for a playset, but I've yet to open one. Yeah, I have. I've had like 14. I've traded off a bunch. So I have a grand total of ten immortal servitudes, three foil. Only three. It seems like that one yeah. would be primed for a uh, uh, an easy pickup of a playset. I'm just loathe to spend the dollar fifty on a card I'm probably never going to play. Kyt and I have a bet. Eventually, we're going to oh. play a game. This has been going on for about five months. A, of modern, I'm going to play Pod, and he's going to play uh, Buggles. And the loser has to buy the winner a playset of Foil Alms Beast. <laughs> so, Travis, your moment of all right, my moment of geekery is a pie. Mm, I like pie. I like pie too, but this pie has been sculpted into the shape of a certain. Evil deity. Uh, is it uh, is it uh, uh, Shabnigaroth? No, that is his name, right? This is the one who lies in relative. Lies in what? I can't pronounce those names. I swear, I think Lovecraft was on crack. It's a Cthulhu well, pie. It's a Cthulhu pie. So, is it a new pie? No, it's an old one. Ah, I see what I did there. Well, what the picture did yeah. there. That was uh, that was quite witty. I have two moments of geekery to make up for the fact that Will isn't here. Well, then you need three because you got to make up for a Dean too. Uh, okay, I'm not that good. Yeah, that's exactly what she said, Chris. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, she did say she wasn't that good. So, first of all, I, I don't know if this is really geekery, but uh, let's go with it. Uh, Taco Bell is now doing breakfast, apparently. Including things like a a morning Mountain Dew, where they mix Mountain Dew with orange juice. I've seen that. So instead of going fourth meal, they're now going for first meal as well. One of the things on their menu is a taco made with waffles instead. Waffles. So this got me to thinking that the Pro Tour should probably be sponsored by Taco Bell, or at least certain French players should, because then we could have Guillaume Waffle Taco. (laughs) That was the absolute worst joke I've ever heard in my life. The the fact that it took five minutes to set up, you need to to find Guillaume Waffle Taco and apologize for that joke. (laughs) And then buy him a Waffle Taco. Oh my goodness. Chris, you need to repent of your sins. Oh, yeah, that was great. Uh, the other one, today they Microsoft revealed Xbox One. Because in Microsoft land, after 360 comes One. <laughs> Makes total sense to me. I don't think you'll pass high school math with that. Someone now, finally explain to me why they call it the Xbox 360. Uh, because when you see it, you walk 360 degrees and go away? Nope. Oh, what's because that? if you look at the controller, there's an X, there's a box, and there's a circle for the 360, for the buttons. Oh. 
How do you explain the triangle? Okay. <laughs> I'm just telling you what I was told. Okay. So, this system looks terrible. There's no backwards compatibility. There's no ability to play offline, I think I said. Oh, no, you can play offline. But what you cannot do is play used games without paying a fee. So, we have heard for a long time that used games are costing the games industry money. But they are going to attempt to recoup that by having hardware charge you money to play second-hand games. All this has done is guarantee I will not be buying an Xbox One. That is right. It's to the point where I'm almost considering selling my PlayStation and just buying one of those Apple TV boxes or something that enables me to get Netflix and, and Twitch to my TV without actually having a games console, because I don't play any games on it anymore. Uh, I do occasionally. Like, um, I'm not a, I've never been a big video gamer, just because I've never had the time to sit and play a lot of the games. Um, sure. But things like Call of Duty, where I can sit and play 20 or 30 minutes at a time, I play quite a bit of those. I used to play Call of Duty, but I got tired of people talking about my mother. That's, like part, just, of, that's part of the game, man. Oh, How no, many effective swears I've learned from Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, there there are so many terms I did not know until I started playing uh, online video games. Wait, you could say that about a person? So anyway, yeah, the, the Xbox One is not doing anything to convince me that I need to go back to Microsoft. I'm sticking with my PlayStation 3. If the new PlayStation is good and is better than this, I might buy it. But as of right now, uh, I am unimpressed. All right, let's go to shout-outs. Travis, who would you like to shout-out? Uh, I would like to... Oh, I would like to allow you to go first. Okay, that's unusual. I will give a shout-out to Will's Repairman. Good job, buddy. <laughs> I want to give a shout-out to uh, Captain Top Deck, Sam Davis Boy Hero, Corbin Hustler, all the guys in Oklahoma who are going through this uh, amazing uh, aftermath. And I don't mean amazing in a good way, of, of the terrible uh, twisters they had down there. So many, so much damage, so many deaths. And uh, all of our thoughts are with you guys. Stay strong. Uh, even Travis, who's an Alabama fan, is rooting for you guys down there in Okieland. Alabama is not a fan of tornadoes. Or Oklahoma, as it turns out. Uh, that would be a great charity were we to ever run a charitable event revolving around a cube deck that is, at this point, just an urban legend. It, it's true. It's true. I agree completely. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to KYT. Uh, he knows why. I'm sure he still listens because my podcast is awesome. Uh, shout out to Norbert88, Jonathan Richmond, huge fan of ours, retweets everything we talk about with the show, promoting us on Facebook. He's just a, a top-notch member of the community, really great guy, and uh, can't give that guy enough love. Follow him on Twitter, Norbert88. Just, yeah, just a really, really nice guy. I'm sure you've interacted with him, yep. haven't you, Travis? No complaints. Yeah. Very pleasant individual. Shout out to Marshall and Zach. 
uh, this weekend I listened to the limited resources episode they did together, went straight into watching the Pro Tour, interacted with them a bunch on Twitter over the weekend. Two of my favorite guests, Zach, definitely top of the pile. Marshall was awesome too. Uh, and it's really good to, uh, to see those guys on my TV screen. Uh, Brad Nelson, please come back on our show. We love you. That's true. The PT's over now. We need to uh, uh, get him back on. We do. And that will do me. Now, so. Um, I'd like to do a shout-out for uh, Kirk Dubay, Brian, Billy, uh, Matt, David, all of Team Girth, Jacob. Uh, shout-out to Jay Lansdahl, who uh, writes for Amanda Pryor. I shipped my first um, overseas package today. Yesterday, I shipped him some cards. Shout out to Ethan Clark on Twitter. Shout out to um, Durfington, of course. If you have not seen my new avatar, it is probably the best avatar anyone on Twitter has. It is the squirrel sculpt. It's, it's pretty sweet. Shout out to uh, Jack Lacroix for um, inspiring inspiring me to come up with a uh, alcoholic beverage called Hillbilly Buggery. <laughs> <laughs> I also need to know what he means by modern is the Chris Lansdella format. Yeah, we've had a, a fairly long conversation today about how he absolutely hates modern, and I defend it. Oh, so that's what he means. <laughs> I don't think it means that he hates it. you. I think it means that... Um, that it, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's, where, it's the place where good decks go to die. I think he means that it's a, it's a format that a select few love, a fair few hate, and a whole bunch of people have never heard of. That could be it. Although I, I, I do like to think of you now as the place where good decks go to die. Maybe that should be the title of this episode. You mean the place where we take good decks and we land del it. Lands dirtle. Okay, so Horde Ocean 78, where good decks go to die. Is that the name? Sounds good to me. All right. Um, I had one other person. Darn it. Well, shout out to Will and Adina, of course, who could not make it tonight. Well, shout out to Adina. I don't know yeah. about Will. Forget Will. Forget him, too. I've done a lot of forgetting tonight. We'll forget Will. Apparently, you're a CeeLo Green. Yep. Uh, shout out to James Clark. He joined in with uh, Jack and I in a long conversation about modern. Uh, shout out to Arthur Halvays. Um He's a great Twitter presence. Yeah, we should have him on the show yep. again. Uh, Joel Nidri. Um, shout out to the people of Heavy Meta. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I won't necessarily say that all of our listeners should go listen to them simply because we are a PG cast and they are about as far from PG as possible. If you can tolerate adult language and adult humor... And- <laughs> A whole bunch of unjustified negativity and cynicism. They do. Uh, their magic content is maybe like 20-30%, but the rest of their content is, does tend to have, be fairly funny. Uh, their last episode with Nina was fantastic. If Nina could tone down the, uh, the swearing, I'd love to get her on our cast sometime. Never going to I didn't think so, but... <laughs> not that she can't turn down the swearing. Nina does not like me very much. Well, shout out, shout out to Nina for not liking Chris. <laughs> uh, I said that. And, 
Are you done? Okay, one final shout-out, of course, to face-to-face games. Right now, you can pre-order all the spoiled Modern Masters and M14 singles. They're already available for you to pre-order. Uh, if you live in Canada, you can even pre-order Modern Masters boosters at the low price of ten forty-nine each. There is a limit of six per customer. Don't order more. It will get cancelled. Uh, really good price for Modern Masters. i got to say, ten forty-nine. It's not that much above retail, and <laughs> considering what some places are charging, yeah. <laughs> that's about the best you can hope for right now. I just... And I, I just can't wait to see what it's like three or four years from now when we're looking back and saying that the people who bought these things at $250 a box were either prescient with uh, insight and that it was one of the best deals they got or they were complete and total, yeah. Yeah, those, those things. things. Uh, Mom, they've been really good to us, to be perfectly honest, right? Like uh, face-to-face have done a lot of good things, and they've been really nice oh, to I us. Oh, I love face Face yeah. is some of the best customer service I've ever worked with, as far as parts companies go. And the prices are yeah. awesome. They, 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 they keep up with the prices, and um, they really make sure that you get what you ordered. Uh, I had a mishap where I ordered, I like foreign language cards, so I ordered a Geyer Sage in Spanish, French, English, and Russian, I think. And as I ordered it, I tend to leave the cards in my cart for a long time. Um by the time I placed my order, they were out of the the Spanish version, so they sent me a Chinese one for free and refunded my, nice. my money for the card. So, I mean, they give you fantastic customer service. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Bunch of top dudes. All right. So, on that note, let's wrap this baby up. So, for the absent Will, the absent Adina, and for Travis, this is Chris saying join us again next time for another exciting episode of Horde of Notion. No. Yeah.